God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So a huge thanks to Carrie who read the epistle lesson for today. Carrie had shoulder surgery last week and comes to church to do the gospel the reading. So Carrie, thank you very much. I'm impressed. I'd still be milking it. I would be like, I don't think no, I don't think so. Could you bring me my coffee? We are walking through the Gospel of John, uh, the text that, that Mike read for us. And uh, the text is a prayer. Jesus is praying. And it's hours before his arrest, his trial, his torture, his crucifixion, and his death. And so I want to ask you, if, if you knew that you were going to be arrested and tortured, what would you be praying for? You know what I'd be praying for? I'd be praying for me. That's what I'd be praying for, right? And Jesus, in this prayer, is praying for you. He says this, My prayer is not for them alone, his disciples who are right with them. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. So Jesus is praying for you and his church and the mission, his church in mission. And the word mission is not used in this text at all. But you hear it over and over again through the word sent. Jesus talks about being one sent, and now he is sending his disciples, and they are sent also, and then the church after them is sent in mission. Because the word mission comes from the Latin word missio, which means to send. And so they were talking about mission. One of the common complaints about Christianity is that uh, Jesus is great, the Christian church is, is great, but trying to convince someone else that they need a savior. Well, people often say that well, it's, it's too narrow-minded. It's exclusive. And who are you to say that someone else needs a savior? a complaint I often hear. So I want to ask you this question. If you know someone who is sick, and you know what will help this person, how much do you have to hate that person not to tell them? How much do you have to hate that person to say, you know what, I know who can help you and I'm not going to tell you about this person. How much do you have to hate that person to, to think that way? In mission, God sends you out with a word of truth and a word of love. Mission is not narrow. It's intense, but it's not narrow. It's all inclusive because Jesus Christ died and rose for everyone. And we all need Jesus. And so if, if you've experienced Jesus, if you've experienced his forgiveness, if you know what his hope looks like, if you've marveled at his creation, if you've seen his power in your life, if you've known his love and his grace, you can no longer say, religion is a private matter, I don't need to talk about it. You can't say that anymore. Because Jesus Christ died and rose for you. 
And so today we're going to talk about mission. We're going to talk about the result of mission. We're going to talk about the power of mission. And a lot of this comes from Tim Keller's uh, speaking and writings. The result of mission is joy. The result of mission is always joy. When you have a purpose, when you have a great and noble purpose, the result will always be joy. Hebrews 12 puts it this way. The author wrote, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So God the Father says to Jesus, I have a mission for you. And the mission for you is to go down into your creation to experience the ultimate humiliation of going from, from heaven to earth in a manger. And you're going to teach people and you're going to do miracles and you're going to forgive people. And in return, they're going to kill you. How's that sound? And Hebrews says that Jesus, for the joy set before him, is joy. Is joy at winning you back, at redemption. And Jesus does it because mission results in joy. When there's a lack of joy, if you have a lack of joy in your life, I would say to you, it's because of a lack of mission. That there's nothing in your life that you say, you know, this is worth living for. And, and by God's grace, this is worth dying for. But there's a lack of joy, there's a lack of mission. Remember when you were kids? When you were a kid, think back to when you were a kid, and what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? Right? What did you want to be when you grew up? People ask you, so what do you want to do when you grow up? You'd be like, I want to be a nurse or a doctor or a veterinarian because I want to help people and animals, right? Or maybe you said, I want to be a police officer or a firefighter because I want to help people who are, who are in trouble. Or maybe you said, I want to be um, a, a scientist or, um, oh gosh, scientist or an engineer, I want to figure things out and I want to help people, right? Because kids, when they think about their vocation, it's always in terms of mission. Always. How many of you, when you were kids, said, you know what? I want to sit in a cubicle and make money. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Kids don't do that. They always think about mission. And somewhere along the way, we bought the lie. We bought the lie that truth was relative. And once truth becomes relative, mission becomes relative and unimportant. Because what does it matter anyway? And then we bought the second lie that if truth is relative and mission is unimportant, then what must be important is, is me. And so the mission became personal fulfillment. Or as a psychologist said, self-actualization. I became the mission. And once the mission is personal fulfillment, then you have nothing worth living for and certainly nothing worth dying for. 
by exaggerating our own significance. We lost significance. And so many, so many of you have lost your joy because you have nothing to live for other than yourself. There's no joy in that. Mission restores joy. When you work with Jesus, you see lives changed. You see hope restored. You see brokenness healed. You see forgiveness given and received. You see relationships renewed and purpose restored. See, if you seek to find yourself, you're going to lose yourself. But if you see Jesus, you'll find yourself. The result of mission is always joy. And the power for mission is an encounter with Jesus. So in Isaiah chapter 6, uh, Isaiah is going to church. And when he's at church, he meets the one person he does not expect to see. And that's God, of all the people. And he sees God sitting on his throne. And Isaiah is overwhelmed. He says, woe to me, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And so an angel comes down and takes a burning coal from the altar and takes the coal and touches Isaiah's lips with it and says, see, this coal has touched your lips and your guilt is taken from you. And then God from his throne says to Isaiah, whom shall I send? And Isaiah says, that lady over there is super nice. And she's got time on her hands, if I do say so myself. Isaiah says, that guy over there is one of the priests here, and he's been trained in this. Send him. Right? No, Isaiah doesn't say that. Isaiah says, here am I. Send me. Put me in mission. So another great incident from uh, Genesis chapter 12. God approaches Abraham, and Abraham has an encounter with God. And God says to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless those who bless you, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Because when God does a blessing, he does it so that you might be a blessing to those around you. And then God says the next thing to Abraham, leave. Go. Get out of here. And Abraham does. Packs up his family, packs up all his stuff, goes from his family and friends, people he knows, his comfort zone, and he leaves it so that he might be a blessing to the world. God has blessed you. God has blessed you. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you know his love in your life, if you know the power of his forgiveness, if you know what hope looks like, if you can laugh at death, (laughs) 
Do you know Jesus? You've been blessed to be a blessing. And now there's one more thing for you to do. You have to go. You have to get out. You have to leave. As the great song says, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You gotta go. You don't have to go out of the nation, necessarily. You don't have to go around the world. Because the great thing about mission, and especially the great thing about living here in, in Vail, Colorado, is the world comes here. They come here. And there's mission. There's mission here. You don't have to leave. But you do have to get out of your comfort zone. If following Jesus is easy, I would suggest to you that you're not completely following him. Because when you follow Jesus, he goes places where you're not comfortable. And he says, follow me. When you follow Jesus, he'll take you places where you don't want to go. And Jesus says, follow me. When you follow Jesus, you should be asking yourself things like, I wonder if I'm helping people too much. I wonder if I could afford to give more. Where is Jesus messing with me? Where is Jesus calling me? Where is Jesus moving me? Where is Jesus propelling me? What sin in my life is Jesus calling me to kill? How is Jesus messing with me? Who is Jesus calling you to bless, to serve, to share? And it's all around us. You could hang out with Bev for a day. She goes and she, she visits seniors, people do, who don't have anyone to visit them. And she sits with them, and she prays with them, and she laughs with them, and she listens to them. You can be in mission with Bev. can be a mission with Stacy Jones. She went to a training session with East West Ministries. They taught about security measures when you're overseas. They did a four hour role play. Didn't they tie you up and like threaten to beat you up for four hours? Good times, huh? <laughs> I was training how to react, so Stacy's gonna be one of our leaders when we go to Cuba. Can be a mentor for kids all around this valley. Kids who just need someone to listen to them. Mission is here. Because there are people dying without Jesus all around you. And what they need to hear is just a word of hope. And you don't have to have all the answers. You just have to know the answer. Say, so, you know, Jesus Christ died and rose for you. He loves you. Jesus Christ died and rose for you, and he loves you. And the tomb is empty. And you have hope today and every day. And you have a purpose for your life. And you have a God who loves you and created you. 
Jesus Christ died and rose for you because he loves you. That's mission. That's joy. And my friends, in this world that is so filled with hopelessness, and yes, Bev, even crap. <laughs> it was real. It was real. That's okay. Crap is in the Bible. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3. Paul says crap in the Bible. You can look it up. The Greek is skubala. It's the only Greek word I remember. <laughs> That's not true. I remember the Greek word for Jesus. It's Jesus. It is. People need hope. And you've been blessed. Be a blessing. Get out of here. Well, we'll sing a closing song and then get out of here. Let's stand and praise our God. <laughs>